It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, everybody? It was a tale of two halves tonight. The Washington Wizards fell to the Utah Jazz 120 to 112 on the road. In the first half, they had a lot of energy, but the second half, they were flatter than a week old soda. So let's talk about it next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Scott, again, with my guy, the real Ed Off. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Tonight's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, E, tonight was, do you do you blame this loss on the lack of Game planning on West Sunset and not making adjustments at halftime, or where does the blame lie with this this loss? Um, yeah, I think some of it's on West, some of it's just on the players on the roster as well. I know they were missing Porzingis, missing Denny. Um, they just couldn't buy a bucket in the fourth, and they couldn't defend. They couldn't guard a parked car in the fourth quarter. Um, they started out hot, moving the ball, pushing the pace, fast break points. We had alley up to Kispert. Uh, guys are running, you know, getting rebounds and pushing. Even when they got scored on, they were pushing, um, and that stopped. It was stagnant, and it was basically live by Brad, die by Brad, isolation, dribble, dribble, dribble the ball, um, dribble the air out of the ball. And some of that's not his fault. You know, nobody else was really scoring or, or creating shots for, for others, but they they have to move the ball. They can't settle for threes. The end of the third quarter, Will Barton just, you know, he went down and shot a quick three, and the Jazz went down and scored. They're one of the quickest teams in the league. They can shoot the three. We couldn't stop them from shooting threes. We couldn't defend it. We didn't defend the three ball well. The Jazz hit with 16, 17 threes. Um, yeah, it did look like Will Hardy, the coach for the Jazz. It looked like he adjusted. They just, you know, they were ready for the isolation for, from Bradley Bill. It was working in the second quarter. The mid-range shot was working for Brad. Um, and I thought I thought West definitely could have played Jordan Goodwin more. Jordan Goodwin, you look at his minutes, um, he had 11 points. I know some of the points came in, 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 in when the game was out of hand and they put the in West put the bench in. Um, Jordan Goodwin had 11 points in 16 minutes. Monte Morris had, you know, five points in 30 minutes. I thought Jordan Goodwin definitely deserved some more playing time out there for sure. Um, and I thought, you know, he definitely should have taken Will Barton out of the game a little bit earlier than, than what Will Barton was in there for. So, so once again, some of the rotations were questionable, calling timeouts in a timely fashion or, or you know, quick when the game starts to get out of hand um, and just settling, settling the troops down and running some sets and moving the ball. So I, I definitely thought Wes, you know, could have improved in those areas, but um, some of it was on the players too. Um, guys just couldn't get to the basket or create shots for themselves. And that's on some of that's on the roster construction and just some of the guys being out too. Uh, but the defense has just been bad for the majority of this majority of the year. They couldn't stop calling Sexton. They couldn't stop um, Malik Beasley was getting to the basket pretty easily. Jordan Clarkson was getting to the basket, getting to the paint. They just couldn't stop guys from getting to the paint at all. And 
Um, defense is just is one of our Achilles heel. It's an, it's an Achilles heel for this team. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was a tale of two halves, man. That first half, they had a lot of energy. They were attacking the basket. Um, people were playing the roles. They were doing their job. This second half, it just it's a completely different team. Defense-wise, Lord have mercy, the same issues with defense. Couldn't defend the three. Couldn't, couldn't defend transition. Poor communication. I mean, going back to ISO, you know, we abandoned team basketball so quick on this team, man. You know, you know when, we start, when things start to get bad, we go right back at ISO. And it, it showed tonight. You know, it, this second half, we lost the game the second half. You know, the first half was just a lot of energy. Um, looking at Wes, you know, taking out Gaff, I felt, I felt Gaff had a lot of energy. Oh, my God. I mean, Gaff was, was killing it tonight in the paint. So taking him out, you know, it really killed the momentum. Uh, like you said, uh, Goodwin not getting enough minutes. I think that was an issue. But going to the players, uh, Monte Morris, five points. He has got to drive the lane. I I, I know he's not going to. That's wishful thinking. Maybe it's <laughs> New Year's resolution. But, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, it's frustrating to watch, man, because he he clearly has avenues to get into the paint and, and go for a layup, and he just dishes it off, and, and it turns into bad passes. Uh, Bradley Bill, you know, the – Really, you can say the lone bright spot outside of Gafford, 30 points. You know, that first half, he was driving the lane, very aggressive. You know, the, the, the shot was hitting. But you just – you can't shoulder the load uh, – he can't shoulder the load alone. And Kuz, 21 points, I felt like he was quick on the trigger tonight. You know, he was really quick on the trigger. But, you know, 21 points, he contributed. But looking at the bench, really coming back, 7 points, 7 rebounds. You know, he's still ramping up, being out. Uh, Gibson, 6 points. Uh, Barton, yeah, let's get on Barton again. Four points, one for five on the field, one for three behind the arc. So, Barton, yeah, they they should have definitely took him out sooner. He's just he's just he's so you know he's hit or miss. You know he's very inconsistent. You know there's games where he could drop twenty points, and there's games where you know you're lucky if you get six. He's just the ISO ball, the ISO mentality. Just and really, I love really. I'm glad to see him back. Uh, he can get really get into the ISO too. He can tend to be a black hole. But I felt that coming back from injury, he looked good. You know. Really, you know, you're starting to ramp up. So, yeah, it was just we lost this game in the second half. I felt like this was a winnable game. I felt like we could have won this game. But defense continues to be the issue. And, we're, you know, we got to point at Bless. You are a defensive-minded coach. Defense should not be that bad. Now, they tested us. They can push the paint. I mean, or not push the paint, push the pace. You know, um, Mike Conley, I mean, he continues to be the very definition of a floor general. You know, Going back to his days in Memphis, I remember those days where he had OJ Mayo, Rudy Gay. You know, he's he's always been that under the radar, underrated floor general in his shows. He just he he runs his team. Uh, Colin Sexton, uh, a, a really electric, undersized guard, but he's electric. He can shoot. Larry Market. I mean, the list goes on. It's just they they came to play. You know, this the uh, I felt like this a lot of this loss goes on West because he didn't make the adjustments at halftime. So yeah, in my opinion, we lost his game in the second half easy. Definitely, yeah. You, you look at the threes that we gave up. Um, the the Jazz shot sixteen for thirty five from the three point line, forty five percent from the three, and we struggled to shoot from the three point line again. We settled for threes when getting to the basket was working and running and pushing the pace was working. So when the game slowed down, that's when it, that's what it that's when the Wizards really really struggled. Um, assists, you know, we had twenty assists, so we did move the ball well in the first half, and we had a lot of fast break points in the first half as well. We finished with twenty five. We had sixty six points in the paint. Uh, and we, only, we only gave up 46 points in the paint, but the Jazz, they just shot the ball so well from the three-point line. That was that was just a huge uh, difference in the, in the ball game. So, um, And nobody else scored in that fourth quarter other than Brad. It was Kuzma with like four minutes left. 
Um, like you said, yeah, Gaffer played well, man. I thought he I thought he deserved some more playing time tonight, too. He had 20, he had 20 minutes. Felt like he could have got a little bit more. I know he split minutes with Taj. Taj ended up with 25. And the bench, the bench struggled again. You know, Rui has seven. Uh, Gibson has six. So he was all off the bench, but but, but Barton with four. Goodwin was fine. Um, but you know, we just we just need more from the bench and we need just more ball movement and, and more offensive flow to the game. And you know, hopefully Porzingis is back tomorrow night against the Kings. Hopefully Denny is back. I thought they missed Denny tonight. I thought, I thought they missed Chris Apps tonight too. Um, but it was certainly it was certainly a winnable game. So it's another disappointing loss for the Wizards. But you know, if you're looking at lottery odds, of course, um, I guess we'll look at that when we come back uh from a quick word from Brandon and also the Rui news from Mark Stein and before and then we'll Get a quick word from Brandon, then we'll talk about that. Oh, yes, we're going to talk about the Phoenix proposed trade. So right before we do, this episode is brought to you by NHTSA. Did you know that I is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal, such as Virginia. That means driving high can get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell you, when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Just look at the bag of potato chips. Anyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving on influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is considered driving under influence. So remember, driving high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTS. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On for today. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On Take It Today. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So, um, moving on. There was a trade proposal by the Washington Wizards that they wanted to send Rui Hachimura to Phoenix for Jay Crowder. Now, do you think that was a good trade proposal by the Washington Wizards? And do you think <laughs> with the Phoenix Suns saying no, do you think do we do kind of overvalue our guys a little bit? Um, I didn't I didn't like the I don't like that trade. We talked about it what, two or three weeks ago. Um, I was not a fan of trading Rui for Jay Crowder. It just felt like an Ernie Brunfeld, um, Trevor Ariza, or Kelly Oubre for Trevor Ariza kind of move, where you trade a young guy for a guy who's 30, who's probably not even going to resign with the team or even come back. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened with Trevor Ariza. He didn't even resign after we traded Kelly Oubre. So that's disappointing. you know. Uh, and I don't, I don't think if we traded for Jay Crowder, I, I highly doubt that he would come back. Uh, but of course, you want to get value for Rui. It's it's telling you too. It's telling you. It's basically showing us that they don't want to bring Rui back. Um, they want to trade him before the trade deadline so they can get value for him. It also shows the value and what the league thinks about Rui. You know, the Suns they're not willing to give up Jay Crowder for Rui Hachimura when Jay Crowder doesn't even want to be there. You know, you would think they want to just get rid of Jay Crowder and just be ready to move on because Jay Crowder clearly doesn't want to be there. He hasn't even played for the Suns, and they're they're still they're still winning games. They're still you know a top team in the Western Conference, 
in the Western Conference standings right now. And Jay Crowder is just like, no, I don't, I don't want to play. And Cam Johnson is injured too, so Jay Crowder would start anyway. You know, the the Suns they're they're lacking they're lacking players. They're they're hurt. We just played and we beat them because you know big reason they're, they're missing some guys. Um, but yeah, so it's it's telling, like you said, overvaluing our guys. I do think highly of Rui. I think he's a good player. Of course, he has his flaws. You know, um, doesn't you know does, he's not the best passer. Doesn't have the best vision. I would like him to rebound more than what he does. Of course, defensively, I thought he's done better this year. He can have tunnel vision. You know, just he's looking to shoot. He's a shoot first kind of guy, which I like his aggressiveness. Um, he's a mid range kind of. He's a mid range guy, which is not a shot that is analytic friendly. Was what people people want guys to either shoot threes or get to the basket. So. Um, I know people. A lot of people are just not high on Rui. I think he's still a really good productive player off the bench. You know, before he got hurt, he had a lot of double digit games, a lot of double digit scoring games. And you saw today, he you know he put the ball on the floor and got to the basket pretty easy on one play. But yeah, it's telling. It's telling on his value that they turned down a Jake Crowder trade for Rui, which I think Rui would be good on the Suns. I think he'd be good next to Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and and um, Devin Booker. I think he would be good. But looking at the article too, this it was from Mark Stein who reported it. I'm going to read one part from the article that, well, this is from Hoops Hype. I think they, they said they, they wrote down what, what Mark Stein said. Um, yet, quote, yet league sources say that the Wizards recently pursued Jay Crowder with a deal structure believed to feature Rui Hajimura, that the Suns rebuffed. Phoenix is said to be holding out for a certifiable starter in a Crowder deal. So they don't even think Rui is a certifiable starter, which he's not on this team. But he, he has started two years for the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, I, I am a fan of Rui Hutchmer. I think he is definitely a three-level scorer. Um, looking at all the young guys, I, I like Corey Kispert. I think, you know, his shot, when it's consistent, he's, he's a good three-point shooter. He can drive. You know, tonight, man, he hit, he hit one from the logo tonight, you know, and an alley-oop. So he showed some athleticism <laughs> tonight. And I like what I saw from Corey Kispert. Um, looking at, you know, Denny Avia, you know, his his defense is elite-level defense. He's, he is a, a consistent jump shot away. And, you know, Johnny Davis, I know he struggled and people are, you know, already trying to call him a bust. But I think his high motor and his basketball IQ, I think he's going to be good. He's going to take – he's not – he's far from a complete, you know, package. But, you know, it's going to take time. But I think he's going to be all right. But, you know, none of these guys are starters. You know, they can spot start. But none of them are really looked at starters or long-term starters. And, I, you know, I felt like we kind of overvalue our young guys. You know, we kind of – we've been holding on to them, you know, trying to develop them. And that's what – supposed to do but i think this is telling what people really think about our young guys and our young core at our, our last four draft picks because you know if you look at jake Crowder, he's trying to leave phoenix they're trying to send him out of phoenix and they won't even take i mean if you look at it you know a young guy who's going into restricted free agency that means you can match any offer he gets that means his team has all the cards to not take that for jay crowder i think that's very telling on really what other gms think about our young guys and really I, maybe it shows a little bit about what other teams think about Tommy and his drafting. You know, we've always been saying that, you know, his drafting needs some work. And this just shows because, you know, any other day of the week, a young guy going into restricted free agency with the skill level that really has, that's an easy trade to me. But so the fact is very telling. I think another fact that it kind of scares people a little bit is his defense. Like you said, his defense scares people. You know, he, he you know, he tends to look lost sometimes on defense. He's not, you know, he is taking bounds this year in, as far as improving his defense, but he's not by no means easy a defensive player. You know, he's a, he's a scorer. You know, he is a three-level scorer. So, yeah, I mean, I would like to see Jay Crowder. I mean, if we're intent on trying to go for a playoff push, 
I don't see how with this record right now. Playing push. There you go. <laughs> you know, maybe Jay Crowder can help with the defense because he, you know, he's he's aging, but he's still a, a three and D guy. He can hit from behind the arc. He can defend. He's got that dog in him. But man, I, this is a little concerning because if we can't even trade Rui for Jay Crowder, you know, if we indeed go into a rebuild, I mean, how are we going to move some of these pieces? And mm-hmm. it really, you know, as far as from our organizational standpoint. Which one of these guys do you really view as a long-term solution as a maybe starter or, you know, somebody to develop going forward? So, you know, there's a lot of questions that come with that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think the Suns did us a favor by rejecting the trade. Um, it will be interesting to see what they can get for Rui, though. Um, if they, if nobody's willing to take Rui, then it may be a situation where we just lose him in free agency, honestly. Um, now for his free agency, for his contract, it's kind of telling too. And the injuries too, I think people are looking at it as well. I think that hurts his value. I do think I'm just speculating here. I don't know when he was healthy or when he could have came back. I do think because sometimes when guys sit out and they're just out for long periods of time, that's when sometimes there's some things behind the scenes where they're on the trading block. And I, I kind of felt that. I was like, okay, Ruiz been out a little. I know it's a bone bruise. I know sometimes it can take a little bit of time, but I just felt like Rui was out for a little bit longer than normal, and they probably were, you know, not probably. Now the news has come out that they're trying to move him and trade him, and he knows that in the back of his mind now, so he's thinking about that in free agency too. So Rui knows now that he's been trying to be moved. He, you know, he probably already knew before this news even came out. Um, but yeah, so that, it affects how players play too. I thought he you know, I see one of the comments is asking, you know, we're going to get to that question. But, you know, when players know they're going to be traded, they do play a certain way. And um, it, it's, it's hard not to to react to that when you know that your GM, your manager is, is trying to trade you. Absolutely. You know, we were talking about before the, the podcast, man. Um, I think the best chance if you are going to move Rui is trying to do a one-on-one mm. for a younger guy, you know, a younger player in return, because I don't see us getting a first round pick for any of these young guys. Mm-hmm. I think our best chance to get a first round pick would be obviously Brad, but you know, we don't know if that's even a possibility, but you know, KP and Kuz will be our best chances of trying to get picks, but mm-hmm. these young guys, I don't think we're going to get a pick. So yeah, if we're intent on moving Rui, I definitely think it would be for a younger guy. So before we move on to comments, we have an ad tonight by Eve. And today's episode is brought to you by, Bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we're going to... The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get to some of these comments here and then we'll wrap it up. Um, this probably will be our last episode before Christmas. So we just want to wish everybody, you know, happy holidays, uh, you know, whatever you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, hopefully you get to spend some time with your family. 
Absolutely. Get some gifts, um, all that good stuff. You know, give gifts, uh, eat good and all that. Now, the Wizards, looking at the standings right now, we are one, two, three, four, five. We have the fifth worst record in the NBA. So we do have the fifth highest lottery odds. We're tied with the Magic. We're both 12 and 21. We do play the Magic pretty soon. Um, actually, I think the Magic are they 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 have the highest lot they have higher lottery odds than us. I, I got to look at the reason why, but you know, looking at the ESPN app, they're um, lower than us. Um, and then also looking at the plan, I know some people couldn't care less about the plan, but you got to think about the Wizards and how they operate. We are two and a half games out of the plan, right behind the Bull. We're two games behind the Bulls, and then two and a half games behind the Toronto Raptors for the tenth spot at the plan. Um, but yeah, like we said, like I said, I, I just Rui Rui knows he's on the block, so we're just gonna monitor and see how he plays and before he's traded. But let's see here. Um, first one is some is from Siva. Observation: When Wizards play with two out of the big three or solid three, as we call them, and put unselfish players who can play defense and don't force shots like Danny Gaff, Todd, and Goodwin, things look much better. What are your thoughts on that, Brenda? I think the issues with this team are pretty clear cut, man. When we play as a team, when we move the ball, we win. When we when we go to ISO and we start making mistakes and we lose, you know, I think that's a good observation. Now, the, you know, the solid three together, I think they play well together. They, you see chemistry. But usually the, the bench, it's just you never see a full – I mean, a, a couple game, a couple wins this year you have seen a complete, like, team win. But, you know, usually when the solid three is playing well, the bench doesn't come through. It's just it's, – I think it boils down to consistency. We're a very um, inconsistent team, very inconsistent team. So I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. you look at the Jazz bench, Colin Sexton had 18 points. He was 6 for 7 from the field, 2 for 2 from the three-point line. Almost had a perfect game. Uh, Malik Beasley, 25 points. Also, he was 9 for 17 from the field, so he shot over 50%. Uh, Nikhil Alexander, 2 for 2 from the three-point line, 8 points. Um, so really no resistance from the, from the Wizards at all. Um, and once again, transition defense was a struggle for the Wizards as well. Uh, marketing 4 for 9 from the three, 7 for 14 from the, from the field, 21 points. Um, Jordan Clarkson, 23 points, four for seven from the three. So I'm just looking at the stats and looking at their numbers. They shot the ball very efficiently and they shot the ball very well. It just shows how, you know, how, how bad the Wizards defense was. But, um, yes, when they play with two out of the big three, out of the solid three and put on selfish players who can D four shots, things look much better. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to even say that things look much better because they lost, you know, they, they've lost with every, every type of roster combination. Cause I remember, you know, guys, people in the comments were saying, Oh, they're better without bill. They started losing without bill. And then people who think they're better with bill, they lost with bill. So, I mean, there's just no clear cut advantage with that, with whatever roster. Now, the only person that is a deciding factor, I guess that to wins is DeLon Wright and, Josh Robbins from the Athletic reported today that they that Josh Robbins possibly, I mean that um, Delon Wright could possibly play tomorrow against the Kings. So we'll see about that. Yeah, we're just garbage at defense. It's just what mm. it is. <laughs> we're terrible at defense. Terrible. It looked like a shoot around. Mm. I mean, these guys were hitting shot after shot. It was just, and they were open. I mean, it's, it just comes down to rotations and communication on defense. We're just we're, we're lost on defense, mm. man. Um. Michael Corpus said Jazz three-point shooting and bench scoring was key for the win. Absolutely. I think it was a big key. I think um, not adjusting at halftime by West was a, was a factor. But Jazz, their three-point shooting and the bench scoring was a big factor. But, you know, it's just we're, we were just a totally different team in the second half. Totally different team. 
You know, we just had no energy. That first half, that's what made me think we, this was a winnable game because the first half, you know, they were attacking the basket and everybody was doing their thing. Just we we lost by the second half. It was just... <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, Mike Corpus says, from what Mark Stein reported today, that the Suns rejected Wizards' trade offer of Rui, Rui for Jay Crowder. Did it play a factor on how we played today? And what are your thoughts on that? I didn't think it really played a factor, but like I said, it's, it's on. It's going to be in the back of his mind. Um, he he knows he's on the trading block. So how do you respond to that? How do you play? You know, is he still going to be a professional? I think he. I think he is. He's a he's a high character guy. Um, you know, played for Gonzaga. Mark Few was a good coach, and you know, look at Court Kisper. Look at the guys that come out of Gonzaga. They're they're usually high character guys, you know, play, play good bass. They just focus on basketball and nothing else. Um, so I, I think he'll be fine, but I do think he's going to be traded for the, I think this is telling that he's definitely going to be gone. If I had to put down money on bet online, uh, I don't think Rui's going to be here past February 9th, whenever the trade deadline is. Um, I thought he played okay. He played his typical game, mid range shot into the basket. Um, you know, had a bad turnover, um, that in the post, and then he dropped one pass in the post too, which I thought he could have had an easy layup that uh, Kuzma passed to him. Um, but other than that, I, I thought I thought Rue was fine tonight. Yeah, I think it had a lot more to do with him coming back from injury than it had any kind of trade discussion. But I think that that is hard, man. That's a hard thing to do because they they can't just quit. <laughs> like mm-hmm. who can who can go to work knowing that they might lose their job? I mean, my, you know, nine times out of ten, you're just walking home. So it, it's a tough situation, especially for a young guy because. You know, for vets who've been in the league, who've been traded before, you know the business of the game. You know, being a young guy is just it's, it's tough. So, you know, you never know. You never know. But um, just gonna, uh, Bladen Russell said, who gave West the title of defensive coach? Uh, you know what? That is a good question. You know, I know that he had a lot to do with bringing a defensive prowess to Denver. You know, Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray. But, you know, we were talking, you know, the last show. You know, some people are just good coordinators, man. You know, some people are just good assistant coaches. You know, he's he's coming in his job with, you know, it does I'll say this, a pro con argument with this, right? You know, on one hand, you know, he's a two second year head coach who's never hit coached before at a head coaching position. You know, coming to an organization where you have a mixture of veterans, you know, you have a franchise guy in Bradley Bill, but you have a mixture of veterans and young guys with no clear direction. That's a hard situation to go into. I'll say that. But you know, again, second year. You know, he's still not showing that progress you want to see out of a head coach. You know, the, the, he's being out coach. You know, the, the lack of adjustments, the rotations, you know, it's just. So I think going into offseason, you have to really evaluate head coaching. And he has to really take some serious steps going into the next season if they retain him. Because, you know, in year two, you're not seeing the, you're not seeing the progress you want to see from a coaching standpoint for this team. Yeah, you're not. Um, now he got the defensive-minded coach title from being with the Nuggets. Um, they played good defense. You know, Jeremy Grant. Um, he got Nikola Jokic to defend at a high level or at a solid level. Um, they beat the Clippers in the bubble. They were able to, you know, contain Kawhi, contain Paul George. Um, so that's where West, you know, and, and their coach. I'm forgetting the, the Nuggets coach's name, um, but you know, he said that West was the defensive coordinator for the Nuggets and that he he drew up the schemes defensively for them. So that's when we hired him, you know, it was defense, you know, we under Scott Brooks, it was just, you know, roll the ball out and get to 120 points. And we wanted to, the front office wanted to change the identity and, and be a defensive minded team. And they haven't been that at all. They've basically been the opposite of that. They've been a, 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 a underwhelming defensive team and a slow methodical offensive team. So you look at the offensive rating there in the twenties and you look at the defensive rating there in the twenties as well, pace twenties as well. So, 
it just it, it has it's been a bumpy ride for West Hill Jr. so far. So um, looking for improvement areas, but uh, I just got some quick hitters here that I'll read. Um, somebody said something about Bobby Portis because yeah, that's that's the type of Ernie Grenfell um, trades that 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 you know that that um, Tommy Tommy may make. He may make the same steps and do the same thing. I like Bobby Portis. He played well for the time he was here. Same thing with Jabari Parker. He didn't resign. We traded guys. They didn't come back. Trevor Ariza traded for traded Uber for a reason. They didn't come back. So it just feels like the same thing that is, is about to happen. Uh, Davinius Media, Divinimus Media says Tommy needs Tommy reads the Ernie playbook at night before bed. Yeah, that's that's a good one, but it's that's a good joke. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's pretty true. And that's what happens when you hire a guy in uh in, in Tommy who who was on the same staff. It was basically his understudy. I do think that this team definitely should have went a different route and got somebody outside the organization just to start fresh. Um, also, I thought they they definitely could have hired a guy, a coach with more experience. I thought they could have went that route too, especially for a team that's still trying to make the playoffs. You know, they went and got a first year head coach. I know Emi Udoka did well his first year as, as a Celtics head coach. I know he's not he got let go. We know that situation. Um, so Willie Green has done well with the Pelicans his first year there. Um, Jason Kidd, his first year at, at the, with the, um, even though he was a coach before, so he doesn't count. But Chauncey Billups is a first year head coach. I think he's doing, you know, better than what the Wizards are doing with with the Blazers. Um, so yeah, I mean, Wes Wes has got a long way to go, and then and Tommy, he just may not be the guy to to be the GM. Yeah, the jury's still out, but we shall see. Because I, like you know, like I said, I think we definitely need to evaluate the head coaching position going in all season. We're going to look at Big J fifty two. I like our young guys without being on Brad's timeline. I don't like critiquing them based on the win loss versus the player development and progress. I agree, but I don't. I th- it's but I do agree that this is just this is not really the type of situation to develop when you when you're in a team where you're trying to go for the playoffs. It's tough to develop. Now, usually, you know, your lower echelon teams are going to be your developing team because you're focused on trying to get wins versus losses. But with this team. <sighs> Yeah, part of me wants to develop these guys. I think Corey Kispert is a very developable player. Big uh, basketball IQ. You know, really, I think, you know, we just said, you know, chances are he's being moved. So we're looking at, you know, Kispert, Davis, and uh, Denny. It's just tough. You know, it's it's really tough to judge these guys because we've had to develop these guys on the go. You know, from the injuries, COVID, it's just, you know, having a mixture of veterans, not having defined roles, it just – this hasn't been the greatest environment to develop. So I definitely agree with that. I think you see progress in these guys if this building team, but you know, considering you're trying to go for playing or playoffs, it, it's tough to develop when you have to depend on them to play a high minutes. Cause if you look at, you know, Denny came in and started, you know, you know, Rudy came in and started a couple of years, you know. So we we've we've asked these guys to play starter minutes and we really haven't taken the time to develop. So no, I definitely I, I agree. Yeah, you hit the nail on the you hit you hit the nail on the head for sure. Um, yeah, just where they're at, they're, they're, some guys are not on Brad's timeline. But the only way we can really get better is through the draft. Um, we don't have the assets to make trades, and big name free agents don't really want to come to DC. And there's not just there's not really a lot of big name free agents out there. Um, to be honest with you, now teams teams build NBA teams build their team through trades and through the draft. Um, you look. You look at the Clippers. They got Kawhi through a trade. Paul George through a trade. Um, you know who else is some of the top teams in the league? I mean, the Warriors, of course. They they built they built their team through the draft. 
but you look at a lot of the other teams that are top teams in the league. Um, well, Boston, they build their team through the draft. Cleveland, they made a big trade for Donovan Mitchell. Um, Brooklyn, they're number, they're number four in the East. They made big trades for Katie and, and uh, Kyrie. Um, so you look at Miami, they signed, they signed Jimmy Butler. So you, you look at, you look at the way that some rosters are constructed it's, it's right now. Nowadays is, is built through trade Atlanta tra- traded for De- De- DeJounte Murray. Um, so that's, that's basically how you build your roster nowadays. And we don't have the assets in our draft and through the draft too. Milwaukee, they drafted Giannis and they're building around him. And, uh, Chris Middleton was, was undrafted. So we, we got to hit in the draft. We haven't been able to, uh, but we'll probably read one or two more. We'll wrap up Ben's. Says, excuse me, happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays, fellas. Thanks for all you do between the Wizards and Commanders. I'm going to need an IV full of liquor. <laughs> hey, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I have a whiskey sour every time I go to FedEx, man. So I feel you on that. <laughs> and don't forget about the ad that Brandon read today. Make sure you guys drive. Oh, yes, with, sir. You know, drive Definitely drive sober. Safe. Drive sober and safe. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Like I said, we're gonna do a couple more. There was a couple more I wanted to look at. Uh, where you at? Where you at? Ah, uh, man, here we go. Uh, XXR dot X. <laughs> uh, we get so mad at Brad, but who is stepping up? Who has separated themselves that we can point to? I agree. You know, since he came back from injury, Bradley Bill has responded. He has played well, but you know, now we're dealing with injuries. You know, the KP's been out. Kuz is. You know, Kuz has been a better player this year. You know, he, he, uh, last year he became a, a more of a complete player, but he was very inconsistent, especially with a three-point shot. But this year, Kuz has stepped up with a lot more consistency, but it's just this not overall as a team, we're just not consistent. You know, especially the bench. I, the bench is killing us, man. You know, Barden is just ain't it, man. You know, Barden, I know he's an expiring contract, but right now he's not playing like he's got any value. So, you know, I know I think he makes around 14 mil. So, you know, if you're if you want to make a move, the salary is there to move him. But who's going to want him right now? You know, I think Jordan Goodwin's been solid, but yeah, even with the uh, solid three plays together and they play well, you know, outside of Jordan Goodwin, you know, who's really that guy that's going to step up and fill the void? I'm hoping it's Rui now because Rui, you know, before he went down, you know, with his scoring off the bench. But no, that's a great question. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean that that's true too. I mean, nobody else stepped up tonight. Um, Brad was scoring, nobody else stepped up until Kuz uh got in there and scored too. And a lot of it's on the ISO ball, and you know, just dribbling the air out of the ball. Um, you know, can, can West get anybody else involved? Can he drop some plays to get some other guys involved? I know Przingis is a score, he wasn't there tonight. Denny has played better as of late, um, scoring the ball. So outside of the solid three, yeah, it's just been a struggle to find consistent guys. And he didn't play Jordan Goodwin. Jordan Goodwin's a guy who can score. He tried to dunk on somebody earlier in the game. I don't see why you don't put Jordan Goodwin in. Monte Morris, like he's, like you said, Brandon, the Nuggets guys, is, they haven't they haven't lived up to the hype. I think, you know, the Nuggets got the better part of the trade with getting KCP, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, all, all that is true, too. Uh, other guys got to step up and create a shot for themselves. You look at the Jazz, they got a lot of bucket get, getters out there, guys that can get to pay Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, Markinen. All those guys were getting passes and getting to the basket, and we just don't have we don't have a lot of guys that can do that and get to the basket and get to the paint. And don't forget who drafted Jordan Clarkson. Yours truly, the Washington Wizards. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I believe um, before we got Gav, we were actually talking to the Bulls about Larry Marketing that year. So, you know, we're, our names have been connected to a lot of these guys in the Utah Jazz. So, um, you see any more questions you want to read off? E? 
No, we'll wrap it up. Maybe we can just do a mailbag or something like that next week. And, and um, whatever questions we don't get to, we'll just answer them in another um, in another episode. Fan in Houston. I, I'll just read this. We can wrap up. Josh, Houston, Josh Cotton says, fan in Houston, love the podcast. It is not. Is it not a good thing to lose? We need a top pick to maybe be relevant again. We'll end on that. Thank you for being a fan, Josh. We'll answer that because I know a lot of people definitely are looking to the lottery with Victor Winyanyaba and Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, other guys. But we just want to thank you guys for watching and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Uh, watch it every day. Make sure to check it out. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today available on YouTube wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and review. Um, happy holidays. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.